My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 81. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode is with my good friend, Lewis Howes. Now, if you don't know Lewis, I'll tell you about him in just a moment, but Lewis and I go way back. So when I first started my online training business, I was working with Social Media Examiner, and I was going to all these live events with Mike Stelzner, the owner of Social Media Examiner, and I was kind of like his wrangler for interviews. So he was doing a lot of video interviews and I was wrangling up online marketing experts to come do the interviews with him. And Lewis was one of those guys and we became fast friends. And so we would see each other at all these live uh, events that we would go to and we would hang out and get drinks together or get dinner and just this great relationship cultivated over a few different events. And then it came time for him to start creating products with other people. He kind of got into the publishing world a little bit in terms of publishing other people's products. And he asked me if I would do one on Facebook. He had seen one of my Facebook trainings, really liked it. And uh, Lewis and his then partner, Sean Malarkey, asked if I would create one with them. And we created together FB Influence. Now, I no longer am a part of FB Influence. My good friend, Andrea, who I co-wrote the book, Facebook Marketing All-in-One for Dummies, Andrea Vall, she now took over that product in my place because I kind of had other plans and I wanted to try different things. But that's really where I got my big start with online training courses was with Lewis and Sean back in the day, which feels like a million years ago for the record. But it wasn't that long ago, which is kind of cool. So Lewis and I have remained friends. And if you don't know of him, which would be probably rare, I think most of you have heard of Lewis, you might not know fully about his background. So I'm going to just kind of give you a little bit of a snapshot of what this guy's all about. So he's an online marketing expert. He's a business coach and author. He has a top rated podcast called the school of greatness. And he's also been on the USA men's national team handball. So that's pretty cool. And he's a, what he calls a lifestyle entrepreneur. So here's the deal. After an injury ended his football career, 
He played arena football. He found himself sleeping on his sister's couch with no prospects for a career. But three years later, he developed a seven-figure business that includes a huge online educational program for entrepreneurs and had become a speaker and a coach and a podcaster by that time. So he's built a really successful business really quickly. Now, this is what's so cool. Lewis was recognized in 2013 by the White House and President Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the country under 30. Pretty cool, right? And then Details Magazine named Lewis one of the five internet gurus who can make you rich. That was a quote. So he has been recognized all over the globe for these awesome things that he's doing in his business. And he has a lot to share with us today. Now, the reason I'm interviewing him is he just came out with his brand new first ever book that you can get in bookstores. We'll talk about where you can get it called School of Greatness, same name as his podcast. And in that book, he talks about eight principles of greatness. And I wanted to bring him on and I wanted him to dissect those eight principles what they look like. And I wanted you to start seeing, okay, where do I fit into these? You know, which one of these are my jam? Which one of these eight principles of greatness do I just kind of have down? They're natural for me. Which ones are a little bit more difficult and what's the one that I'm struggling with the most? So that's my challenge to you. When you listen to this interview I did with Lewis, kind of find yourself in these eight principles of greatness and, and grade yourself. Where do you fall? And at the end of this podcast to make this actionable, there will be one that stands out more than the other. And I'd love for you to put a focus there, maybe put a goal around it or say, okay, I'm going to do this or this in the next 72 hours related to this, because I know it's an area that I need to strengthen. So just something to think about. So I won't make you wait any longer. We're going to bring Lewis on. Okay. So let's go ahead and bring on Lewis. Lewis, thanks so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate you. Well, we're going to do something a little awkward, but I think it's going to be really good. I want you to grab your book and I want you to just to read that first two paragraphs in your book. I think it sets the stage perfectly for our podcast. So we're going to do a little book reading before we get going. I have a, I have a confession to make when you, you know, you asked me to do this. Yes. I, since I wrote the book and turned it in, I have not read it yet. So okay. This, will be, this, is, so this good. is actual, this is actually the first time I'm reading the first page <laughs> after submitting it, turning in the whole manuscript and everything's been done. Uh, other people have read the whole book, but I haven't yet. So, okay. So this has got to feel good. This is a moment this is a starting point. This is the moment. Okay. Let's <laughs> All right. Do you it. ready? Yep. For the last few years, I've felt like the luckiest guy on earth. Each week, my job has been to study at an elite and exclusive, but entirely unofficial university, a mythical academy where the world's greatest men and women teach lecture and pay forward the amazing knowledge they've accumulated on their path to becoming the best in the world at what they do. My professors were Olympic gold medalists, award-winning musicians, New York Times best-selling authors, world-changing activists and philanthropists, enormously successful entrepreneurs, and inspiring experts and thinkers. I was fortunate enough to be their student, audit their classes, and learn things from each of them that I will carry with me forever. I consider this education the greatest gift I've ever been given. I mean, it sets the stage perfectly. I love that, Ompany. <laughs> I'm so excited for your new book. First of all, congratulations. 
Thank you. I know this is something that you've been working on for a long time. You even said for the last seven years, each week you've been walking into the bookstore, envisioning your book front and center. Yep. So this is something that it just didn't happen overnight. Of course, success doesn't. Um, But tell me a little bit, why did you write this book? For me, eight years ago, I had a dream. I had a vision. Um, Well, actually, let me go back even farther. About 16 years ago was the real dream, was the idea that was planted in my body. And you'll, you'll be connected to this. I went to a Tony Robbins event. Yeah. My, my dad got me a ticket, me and my mom a ticket. We were on the floor, probably it was a big arena. So it was probably like a 15,000 person arena. He had Donald Trump there, actually. He had Larry King from Larry King Live. Wow, this is back in the day. This is, this is like 1997 <laughs> or eight or something, 99, maybe somewhere around there. So it was like this big, you know, Super Bowl coaches were there speaking. It was like a two or three day event, more about inspiration and motivation. And I go there because my dad saw that the St. Louis Rams Super Bowl uh, champion winning coach was there presenting. So I got to go meet him and hang out or whatever. But during the event, I was probably, I don't know, if there was a hundred rows on the, the floor, it was kind of like imagine a basketball or a hockey rink. I was on the hockey rink. If there was 100 rows, I was probably 50 rows back on the floor. And at one point, you know, the second day or something, Tony walks off the stage and comes out into the audience. And he hadn't done this before. So he walks out into the audience and there's music playing. I remember the music. It was uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy, if (laughs) if you know that song. So it was this whistling happening as he's walking down onto the floor and there's like four different aisles, but he happens to walk down my aisle and literally I'm next to the aisle because I've got the longer legs. So I asked my mom if I could sit on the aisle. He walks and literally is about two feet away from me. And as a 16 year old, I remember, I don't remember what he said. I don't remember really what a lot of people said, but I remember the way he made me feel in that moment and the energy he was creating and his presence. And I was like, I want to have that one day. And one day I want to be able to put on events or inspire this many people with that type of energy. And I don't know how to get it, but someday it's going to happen. So that was an early idea. Then cool. I, uh, you know, I had my dreams of playing professional sports and I, uh, I got injured playing football back in 2007. I had to have a, a surgery on my wrist and then I was sleeping on my sister's couch for about a year and a half while I had this recovery. And two, three months in, I got the surgery at the end of August so this would be three or four months later. It was Christmas time, 2007, going into 2008. And my family decided to do Secret Santa for those that celebrate Christmas. Essentially, you get you know, one gift. Uh, you know, each, each family member, you give a gift to someone else and they give you one gift. So I got one gift that, that Christmas and it was probably the greatest gift I've ever been what given was it? in my life. Uh, and my brother was my, my, the person who was the gift giver and okay. he... And he never wraps gifts. So he literally just like <laughs> pulled it out of a plastic bag and said, here you go, bro. Happy birthday. Or not happy birthday. Merry Christmas, right? And um, it was a book. And the book was called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, which I'm sure oh, you're- Oh, too funny. Read. Yeah. And, and I remember being like, you know, this is probably the worst gift to give a guy who hates a to read. book. What exactly. Like I don't read ever. So this is like the worst <laughs> idea. But something about the timing of my life and 
getting that book at that time when I was down and out, I had no clue what I was doing next. I was in transition. So I was open to like, okay, what's next for me? Cause I'm depressed that I don't have my dream anymore. That book, I read it in three days, cover to cover. And I remember at the end of that book, this was almost eight years ago. I said to myself one day, I am going to write a book that inspires millions of people around the world that creates possibility for them in their lives the way this has now created a new possibility for me in mind because I had no clue that you could build businesses about entrepreneurship, about online marketing. I didn't know any, anything about it. I had no clue. It wasn't even on my, my radar until that book. And I said, I want to create this for people. I want to be, and then, um, so I said, one day I'm going to write a book that does that for people. Number two, I said, I'm going to become really close with Tim Ferriss. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And three, um, whoever the agent is for this book, I'm going to figure out who it is. He's going to be my agent, and we're going to do this book together because he put together an incredible book with this guy, Tim Ferriss, at the time. And so now I'm really close with Tim Ferriss. His agent is my agent. And now my book is out in stores all around the country and, and being sold all over the world. And uh, it's been an eight-year journey to get to become the person I needed to be in order for this to happen. Wow, that's awesome. I can't believe that that book made you think, I'm going to write a book that's equally impactful to people and I'm getting the same agent to do so. So that's very unique to how your brain works, I know. Okay, so I want you to make it really clear for us because the book is called The School of Greatness. You have a podcast by the same title, but tell me this, what's the difference? Because I've got a lot of budding entrepreneurs on my show and I want you to make it really clear what's the difference, if there is one, between being successful and being great. I would say the difference is... You know, I think a lot of people think of success, they think of acquiring things, they think of acquiring money, acquiring recognition, acknowledgements, um, awards, um, bigger homes, cars. I think that's what a lot of people, in my perception, think of success. And also, I think success is tied more with perfection. And so for me, greatness is almost the complete opposite. Greatness is not striving to be uh, it's not about being perfect. You don't have to be perfect to be great because it's unattainable. You can strive for perfection and you'll achieve greatness, but you don't have to focus on being perfect. And you don't have to focus on making a lot of money or acquiring a lot of things in your life. Greatness is discovering what your greatest gifts are, your talents are, what you were born to do, maximizing those gifts in impacting the maximum amount of people in the world with those gifts. Ooh, For me, I feel like I feel like if you are living to the fullest of what your gifts are and discovering those throughout the years because they're going to evolve and change and then you make the most of them and you impact people around you with them as well. For me, that's a pretty great life. A pretty great life indeed. For sure. Now, one thing I want to do is I want to make this this interview with you really actionable and based on the countless interviews with many greats that you've already experienced, you've really narrowed down this concept of greatness into eight principles. And what I want to do is I would love for you to first just list those eight principles. And if needed, I've got my own little list if you want me to run through them. Mm. But if you've got them memorized, perfect. And then sure. I want to kind of dissect each of them just briefly so we can get your take on, you know, what it is that 
um, or get your, your message. I think these eight principles really give your message of this book. So what do you think? Yeah, I'm in, I'm going to, I'm going to riff, I'm going to say each one and I'm going to riff for like 30 seconds on each one maybe. And then you can, then we're going to go back. Okay. You can tell me which ones you want me to go back to. Perfect. So the thing that a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to, and I'm sure this is a lot of people that are listening to your podcast and that you connect with, they want so many different things, but they never really have a clear vision. So they never achieve any one thing. And when I think of anyone who's done something great, whether it's an athlete at the highest level, whether it's an author, a scientist, a, a mom that's got a great family, uh, they have a clear vision. You know, from people like Martin Luther King, who had a very clear dream, to an entrepreneur that's built a billion-dollar business, they didn't achieve the results by accident. It wasn't just like, uh, I don't know what I want to do today, but I've got a billion dollar brand. So let me just figure it out. <laughs> right. They had a very clear vision, usually for decades of what they wanted to create until it came to fruition. You know, I had a clear vision about creating a book one day, eight years ago, that now is happening. I didn't just last year say, oh, I think I want to do a book. Let's just throw it together and make it happen. It was very intentional. There's been a vision for me for a long time where I had to become a certain person and and acquire certain skills and get certain results for me to be able to put out what I'm doing right now. So step one, one of the first principles is having a very clear vision on what you want in your life. This doesn't mean you have to, your vision has to be to to cure cancer. It's just whatever your vision is for you, you've got to be very clear on it and you've got to be able to take the action steps to make it happen. So that's step one. The principle one is create a clear vision. The second principle, you know, throughout our experiences, there's undoubtedly going to be adversity. That's part of growth. If we're not getting older, um, if we, unless we can stop time, there will be no adversity because as long as we grow, as long as time is on, on our side and we're going to continue to get older, there will be adversity every step of the way. And the greatest individuals know how to use that adversity to their advantage as opposed to holding them back. And I see it all the time where a lot of people, they'll, the product won't be launched specifically entrepreneurs, you know, their product won't do as well as they want it to do, or yeah. the design, the design doesn't look good. So they, 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 it holds them back and they never launch something or they don't relaunch something again because it didn't do the results they wanted to, or they got a bunch of negative reviews. And so it made them fearful of moving forward towards their vision. So the greatest know how to use their adversity, that may be their personal story, their experiences in their life, their history, their family relationships, whatever adversity they have, they use that usually as their calling and it moves them forward to achieve their vision. So that's something you've got to learn how to master. The third principle is cultivating a champion's mindset. So playing sports for a lot of years, uh, you know, various different sports, playing at high levels, I learned through a lot of failures and a lot of losing that I needed to develop a champion's mindset if I wanted to win and give myself a chance at winning. And even if I have the mindset, I may not always win. You know, Michael Jordan didn't win every single game, even though he's arguably the greatest champion's mind in the world in basketball. Um, But you want to set yourself up so that at least you have the opportunity at the end to always win. And I think a lot of people in, in life and in business they don't have this mindset. And what, you're, what I'm talking about here is this belief in themselves, this confidence. And a great example, when I, when I watch sports now and in a, champion, a championship game or a big game, 
whoever wins the game, the broadcaster will go up and ask, you know, the MVP or the person who made the biggest plays of the game a question. They'll say, you know, how did you do it? How do you feel? And usually there's two responses, Amy. And um, let, me, let me ask and see if you can guess one of the responses. One of the first things that someone would say if a broadcaster says, how do you, how do you feel? Tell me about how you're feeling right now. What do you think is one of the first things they might say? Oh, gosh, I'm totally going to get this wrong. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, excited. Okay. Uh, what, else, what else might they grateful. say? Grateful. You just won the Super Bowl, Amy. How'd you do it? Okay. Um, uh, I want to thank my team. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's no, perfect. That's perfect. I'm so not that's, a real sports that's, kind of no, girl. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's perfect because that's what they would do. They would either say, you know, first off, I put all the praise and glory to God. God. I was going to say that. Shoot. Right? No, it's okay. It's okay. I didn't set you up well. I apologize. But to say, you know, I put all of the glory into God. There's nothing that I would be able to do without his strength. Uh, and I am nothing without him. Yes. I put everything into my team. You know, it was a great team effort. Without my team, my offensive line, there's no way I'd be able to do it. They put this belief in primarily into God or something else. They put a belief. They have such a strong belief in the strength that someone else has given them. Or what I call, there's another person that would have a different reaction and what I call this is the Muhammad Ali effect. And so Muhammad Ali, if you asked him, you just beat, you know, whoever this boxer is, uh, how'd you do it? He would say, I am the greatest. I am the best. I yes. knew I'd be the best. I knew no one could ever beat me. I don't care if I'm sick. I don't care if I've got a broken leg. No one can beat me because I train harder than anyone else in the world. I am the greatest of all time. So either response, they have something both in common whether they believe in themselves or they believe in God, they have a very strong belief in something that gives them strength. And either way, both competitors prepare harder than anyone else. They prepare and put in hours and hours of time and work and practice to get to that level, which gives them that confidence. So if you're a starting entrepreneur, you may not have a lot of confidence and it may take a little bit of time, one of the best things you can do is create habits that build momentum every single day where you're getting small results. Those small results will start to build more and more confidence. One of the simplest ways to build confidence in a champion's mindset, this is probably going to be completely different than what you think I'd say, Amy. Yeah. But something you probably tell your son is to make your bed every single morning. I do. I do. And hopefully he listens because it's going to build confidence what? and a stronger belief. Yes. Because when I make my bed every single morning, what it does is a couple of things. It gets me in an action and results oriented mindset and it clears the space of any negative energy for me right away. So it gets me moving. It gets me in completion mode. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we're just doing busy nonsense yes. that doesn't clear any space. That's just emailing back and forth. And at the end of the day, we're like, man, I worked really hard, but what did I actually accomplish? So we've got to start creating habits and rituals every single day that are little mini wins that build momentum. And every day you stack upon that, you're going to feel more and more confident just subconsciously because you are creating a great environment and great habits for yourself that cultivate results. So it's going to take time, but there's some little things you can do every single day like that to build that champion's mindset, but nothing beats just being prepared for any moment so you can have the belief in yourself when the time is right. 
That is principle number three is cultivating a champion's mindset. And I've got lots of, you know, exercises and stories in there. Uh, Principle four. And I would say if there was one, I was actually going to call this book Hustle was the original title. Not a lot of people know that. But for me, I felt like, you know, if there was one factor that's gotten to me to get the results in my sports career and business and relationships and anything, it would be mastering hustle. And what I mean by that is really diving for the loose balls in life. You know, I'm using sports terms here because that's what I'm you know, good at. But I was never the best athlete, but I was always willing to hustle more than anyone else on the team to make the starting spot. And I was willing to sacrifice my body at any moment to dive on the court and get rug burns and, you know, bruised up and splinters and get knees in the face to get the ball and save the ball for my team. For me, I knew that the coaches, you can't replace hustle on the court. I don't care how talented you are. If I can out hustle you, I will at least have a spot on the team and probably be playing a lot. So you've got to set yourself up to win by hustling. And in business as entrepreneurs, that translated really well for me because at conferences, I was willing to do whatever it took to meet with people and go out late after the events and and uh, you know be around people at 2 a.m. and find out where they're going and offer value to people, do webinars throughout you know any time of the day, whatever it took to create results for myself and my business. And that's really kind of how I got to where I'm at financially, business-wise, better my audience. It's all been around adding massive value through hustling the entire time. So that's principle number four. Number five, this is a principle that some people may or may not agree with, but I believe it's, it's not something that's agreeable. It's, it's more science and factual. And this is mastering your health. Our emotional health, our mental health, our physical health, all can either hold us back or drive us forward in being great in our relationships and our business. Uh, This is just pure energy. You know, if we have emotional stability, if we have physical stability, I'm not talking about having a six pack, but I'm talking about having, uh, you know, a healthy lifestyle that fuels you and gives you energy as opposed to makes you exhausted, you're going to be able to create better results with that energy. So learning how to master your body, however that looks for you. And that, again, it doesn't mean you have to look like a supermodel. What it means is, do you have enough energy throughout the day or are you exhausted and need coffee to wake you up? Yeah. So think about how are, how is your lifestyle right now? Is it serving you to give you energy or is it holding you back? That's pr- uh, principle number five. And when I you know, I look at one of the most successful business entrepreneurs of our time, Richard Branson. Someone asked him, what's the key? I can't remember the exact question or the exact answer, but it was somewhere along these lines. You know, what's the key to being a great entrepreneur and building these great businesses and making all this money? His response was exercise. Really? That's his response. If you look it up online, you'll see it. He, he that talks about cool. it. He said, if you say, what's the key to success in business? Exercise. Because if you are out of shape or if you don't have the energy, how are you going to be sharp to make decisions at high stakes levels? So look at that. And, uh, you know, this is an important part. You can't just work all day long and hustle all day long if you're not taking care of yourself. Uh, So you got to take that into effect. So that's principle number five. Principle number six is practicing positive habits. 
And everything that I'm talking about here, this is nothing new. This is nothing like I've discovered or come up with. This is just all the common themes I've seen from all the interviews I've done. But the habits is something that's so powerful. You know, a lot of people have rituals, routines, exercises that they do that build their momentum, that build their confidence, the belief in themselves, and that serves them to make a bigger impact. And if you don't have habits in your life that are positive, then you're just walking through life reacting to things and not sure what you're going to do. So I have an itinerary of what I'm doing every single day, every single morning. I know what I'm doing the next morning. I have an itinerary at night. Uh, You know, sometimes things happen where I don't follow it perfectly as planned, but the goal is to be able to stay on your habits as often as possible to set you up for the momentum to build confidence and create better results in your life. That's Principle number six, principle number seven, you cannot achieve greatness on your own. I don't care how smart or talented you are. You need a powerful team around you to support you. If you're trying to be an entrepreneur, uh, if you want to grow, that is, if you want to be at, you know, if you want to make five to 10 grand a month, sure, you can do that on your own. If you want to build something that's even bigger and you want to continue to grow and you've got to build that winning team around you because you just physically cannot do everything on your own. You know, Amy, you've got an incredible team that's creating content, that's editing, that's proofreading, that's editing this podcast, that's shooting the videos for you, that's a project manager, you've got customer support. If you tried to do it all on your own, you wouldn't sleep, you wouldn't have a life, you wouldn't be able to build relationships. It would be exhausting and it wouldn't be worth it to you. Right. So you've learned how to do that. Uh, And that's what the great, great minds do. And the final principle This is, again, of all the common themes that I've seen from the people I've interviewed, the final principle where I feel like is the most important, the first and the last I feel like are the most important, is living a life of service and being of service to others. It's one thing to achieve results and be successful and make money and build a business, but if it's not in service to supporting the world in a powerful way, if it's just for service for you only, then I think that's not the greatest impact. That's not the greatest thing that you can do for yourself. And I feel like it's wasting your talent. You know, you've got a gift to give to the world. The world has given each one of us so much. You know, we're, we're alive because the world is alive. And if we aren't giving back or looking at ways that we can give back and if everything we do, then I feel like we're missing out. We're missing out on the point. We're missing out on the point of why we're here. Yep. And, um, the challenge is that this is also, some people might say this, and I can, I can already hear some people, specifically women, who might be listening to your podcast, Amy, who would say, well, perfect, because my mission is to serve other people. And sometimes those individuals, and I'm, I'm saying I'm generalizing this to women because I hear a lot of stories that women do this. I'm sure men do this as well, where sometimes women are like, well, I don't know what my vision is, so I just want to help everyone else. And I just want to help other people and I'm going to always be of service. And that is great as long as you are also being of service to yourself. That means taking the time you need to recover. That means doing things that fill you up. That means being selfish and taking care of your health and, you know, going on vacations when you want to and not just only serving other people 24 seven and forgetting about yourself the most important human in the world. Yes. So I want, I want to make that point clear because sometimes people use it as a cop out and won't be like, well, you said live a life of service, but if you're not 
putting your own mask on first, like the airlines would say, then uh, you're doing a disservice to the world because you're not filling yourself up energetically to serve the max amount of people with your talents. Such a great reminder. I'm really glad you brought that up. Okay, so we've got these eight principles of greatness, and I want to jump into a few of them just a little bit more with some questions. But before we do that, I'm literally holding your book in my hand. And again, fantastic book, so many great exercises and lessons and stories, the stories of transformation and the stories of these people doing amazing things in their lives is just incredible and so inspiring. And I want people to get to know you even a little bit more because before they pick up your book, if they know you a little bit more, they're more inclined to really dive into it quickly. Like, I like this guy, Lewis. I like learning a little bit about him. Now let's see what he has to say. So speaking of that, if you go through those eight principles, Mm -hmm. can you share with me a little bit which one, if you had to choose, doesn't come so easy to you and which one do you feel like, oh yeah, I'm golden. I got that one. Well, I would say hustle is like, I'm pretty golden there. Okay. I'm so glad you brought up hustle. (laughs) Let's just talk about this. Are you aware that we have totally different interpretations of hustle? Did you know this about me yet? What's your interpretation? So I do a, a talk, like I was on stage at Platform University for Michael Hyatt. And the talk was when you worship at the altar of hustle, you say yes to everything because you're afraid you're going to miss out. And Mm -hmm. so when I hear the word hustle, I go back to my Tony Robbins days where although I love the job, it was grueling. I worked, it felt like a million hours a week, never was with my family, Mm -hmm. said yes to everything. Yes, yes, yes. Because I want to do good. I want to do good. I'm hustling. I'm hustling. I'm trying hard. I'm working hard. And I fully lost myself. So Mm -hmm. give me a different definition that maybe I can move forward. Yeah. I'll give you the definition because if it doesn't serve you, then it's not a powerful thing in your life. So if you're hustling and you're exhausted and you're putting on the pounds and you feel like, what's the point of all this? Then you're extending way too much. It's like, it's not smart. You're not serving yourself. So you've got to think about, okay, how can I make sure that I'm constantly getting enough sleep? Because for me, sleep is the most important thing. Uh, in order to hustle, I've got to be fully rested. And if I'm cutting out of my sleep all the time, then it's not worth it. It's not worth the hustle. Angela Lee Duckworth, uh, one of the top TED Talks of all time, said the key to success was not all these other things that some people think about. She said it's grit. And for me, the way she defines grit is essentially how I define hustle. Okay, tell me. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not about working to exhaustion, though, but it's about doing, it's about perseverance. It's about hustling. It's about doing the gritty things that others aren't willing to do, doing the things that are scary, that are maybe fearful. Uh, it's about developing new skills when other people aren't willing to put in the time and the energy and the work. You know, I went to a public speaking class for a year. It scared the crap out of me. I'd rather stay at home and watch TV or just go play basketball and do something that was comfortable. But I knew that I needed to continue to work every single week and go to that class and practice an hour every single day if I wanted to be able to present in front of 15,000 people and create effective calls to action where people took, took action and got results. So for me, you've got to have a balance with yourself. It's a constant self-awareness of where am I at? Am I exhausted that I'm hustling too much? But also here's the thing, you know, life and business comes in seasons. You know, you don't have a product launch every, every week. Right. You want to be able to, you want to be able to do it. But building to a product launch, you're spending a little more time 
putting in the extra work, diving for more loose balls, hustling than you normally would be because that's the playoff season. That's the time you've got to put in that extra work. And if you didn't put in that extra work, if you didn't do the extra webinars, didn't do the extra interviews and reach out to people one by one and go to the conferences to tell people about it and take them out to dinner and do all these things, then your launch wouldn't be as successful because you just went through the motions and thought it would be great without doing that extra hustle work. So hopefully that makes sense. All right. Yeah, I'll take that. That that definitely does make sense. Okay. So share with us the one that maybe you struggle with the most. If you have to choose one. Let me think about this. Um, Or maybe even one that you've really had to work hard to overcome. Man. Um, You've kind of honed in on all of these probably throughout your (laughs) life because that's why you wrote the book. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I feel like I'm a, I'm like a decathlete of life. I'm really good at a lot of things, but I'm not, you know, the best at one thing. So I look at all these things and like, you know, I'm like a good eight or nine out of 10 at a lot of these, because if I'm at a five, like I'm going to work my way up to an eight or nine so that I'm really dangerous at a lot of good things, but I'm maybe not the best or great at one thing except for being great. You know, I'm great at being good at a lot of things. Gotcha. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, so I would say that here's what I would say is that I've overcome and I'm, I'm still growing on And Each one of these I, I continually work on. You know, I, I feel like I have a very clear vision, but it's like sometimes it's stretched too thin and I have too many things going on and I realize that like, well, I'm not as clear as I need to be. So it's like a constant of evaluation and awareness of where I'm at and what's working. So I'm constantly checking in based on the feedback I'm getting on my results. But I would say building a winning team was something I struggled with early on in my business career, just because I didn't know how to manage people. I didn't know how to really connect with people other than being on a sports team with all guys, where it's a very different interaction than now my whole team is all women, except for one guy. And it's like, okay, how do you navigate that process? How do you inspire people? How do you stay connected to people so that they're motivated? How do you give people ownership in what you're working on? How do you let go of people? I didn't know how to do any of that. So I had a lot of fears tied in with a lot of things about being a team. And I was never like the quarterback. I was a receiver. So I never had like that skill set of rallying the troops. Uh, You know, I was just a playmaker. I wasn't like the one, I wasn't the point guard, like setting everyone up. So for me, Learning that has been, you know, an evolution and I'm still evolving constantly. Yeah, Yeah. that's a, that's a big one. I think it's a tough for a lot of people as they cultivate their team and find out who's the right person for the right job and kind of keeping that consistent and making sure that you're not trying to do it all alone as entrepreneurs. It's easy for us to try to do that. So I do love that. Okay. So I want to kind of end with a good story. And there's so many beautiful stories inside your book. And based on these eight principles of greatness, just real fast, we've got vision, turning adversity into advantage, cultivating a champion's mindset, develop that hustle, master your body, practice positive habits, building a winning team and being a service to others. Can you think of one story that you just absolutely love in this book? You can just kind of give us the Cliff Notes version of it, but that kind of relates back to one of these principles. Kyle Maynard. He's a guy. good one. I love this one. I was hoping you would choose this <laughs> yeah. one. Okay. I mean, this is, it may, it's too this easy. Is so I think. good. Okay. I don't know. I mean, 
Set it up for us. Kyle Maynard is a guy that was born without arms and legs. He has essentially like, you know, below his waist, he has like maybe like little feet, but it's not even, it doesn't even go down to his knees. So he's got like little feet right below his waist and he's got essentially his arms are cut off at his elbows. So he's got these little nubs to his elbows. And um, here's a guy, talk about a guy with, you know, no excuses. I mean, he was on the football team in high school. He was a champion wrestler in high school as well. He fought in a, you know, a octagon match, MMA match against an able-bodied fighter. He climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which, you know, I don't know if you know a friend of ours who just passed away a couple of weeks ago, Scott Dinsmore, who was climbing the mountain. It's one of the safest mountains um, that people climb, but there are deaths every year on there. Uh, you know, Kyle Maynard is a guy that doesn't have arms and legs. It took him 12 days to climb it and he, and he made it to the top and then he climbed down, which is even scarier if you don't have that stability and he did it all unassisted. And I think of a guy who grew up looking different than everyone else, wasn't able to do things like everyone else in a wheelchair, climbing mountains. He has a CrossFit gym. He's got a successful business. I look at that guy who's a happy, you know, successful human being in a lot of areas of his life. And uh, he's always in service to people. And there's just not a lot of complaining that comes from him. And I think about that's like a great definition of greatness for me as a, as a guy that no matter what holds him back or what adversity is in his way or roadblocks, he is so excited about life, serving other people, chasing his dreams. And for me, that's you know, a great definition of greatness is someone who goes after their dreams no matter what obstacle, because in my mind, that's the biggest impact we can make when we become a symbol of inspiration because we follow and chase our dreams. We are able to tell the story to inspire other people around us, whether that's our family, our friends, our social media following, the world, the media, it doesn't matter. It's our greatest gift to follow our dreams and I think it's we're robbing ourselves and and others around us when we cop out and don't chase it out of fear. Ooh, good message. Perfect, perfect ending to a fantastic interview. So thank you so much, Lewis. Where can people learn more about your book? They can go to greatnessbook.com or they can go to any Barnes and Noble right now and pick it up or Amazon as well and, and grab a copy there. And if they're listening right now, right when this episode airs, your book has just come out and you've yes. got this like special placement for the first week. What's that I all do. about? So the every Barnes and Noble, if you live near Barnes and Noble, go check it out. It's called the Octagon. It's the, I didn't know it had a name. It's, but it's perfect essentially, for sports. I love right? this. It, I didn't know it had a name, but I heard about this. It's the first like stand when you walk right into any Barnes and Noble, they have a and that's a circular stand that's called the octagon. So I'm there right now uh, for the, uh, the first week of my launch. So if you're listening to this now, go check it out. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link to it in my show notes. And again, thank you so very much for being here, friend. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. One final thing, actually. Hit it. If people do go into Barnes and Noble, I would love for you to take a photo of it and tag me and Amy on Instagram. That's fun. Uh, that's your, that you're there so we can see how many people actually are in Barnes and Noble and, and take a photo. So just tag me at Lewis Howes and, and Amy Porterfield on, on Instagram with the photo. 
uh, and say that you listened to it from this this podcast. I promise to comment on each of those. So if I Me start too. seeing I those on too. Instagram, we're going to say hello to every single person. Deal? Exactly. Okay, Done. that would be fun. Okay, thank okay. you so much. I, this thank is great. You. I think that they are going to get a lot of value and we'll make sure to get that book out there. I appreciate it. This is All awesome. Right. Sorry for being late as well. No worries. I hope you have a really great day today. Thanks, Amy. You too. All right. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. I hope you found this interview valuable. And remember, what I want you to do is I want you to think of those eight principles. I'll list them on the show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 81. And I want you to start thinking, okay, where is that one area that I could focus on more to strengthen in terms of these eight principles of greatness? There's always one. I know Lewis kind of had a little bit of a hard time identifying his, but I think all of us, even Lewis, can find that one principle that you just know, you know what, this needs a little bit more focus in my world or in my business or in my life. So this is one thing that I'm going to make a conscious effort in, in terms of strengthening. So that's my challenge to you. I know I'm going to be doing the same. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to let you know that we've got two really great episodes coming out, number 82 and 83. So episode number 82 next week is all about cultivating a list building mindset, getting your mind around the importance of focusing on list building and making it first and making it a priority in your business. We're going to talk about what you need to shift in terms of your mindset to make list building a natural, natural habit that you have in your business. And then after that, episode number 83 is all about the mechanics of list building. What do you need to have in place? What tools do I recommend? And how to get started if you've never really put list building at the forefront of your business. So we are going into list building frenzy over the next few weeks, and I hope you join me. So I'll see you next week. And until then, have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.